there is something about singing as a group that just gives you such a great positive feeling. Well, if you want to be happier, if you want to have a lot of fun, and you want to be able to sort of express yourself, there's nothing better than a choir. I just love being part of a choir, that's the main thing. And it's amazing when you live in a big city to find a big group of people that you can call your friends. It's a cliche again, isn't it? It keeps you young. I think it does. Yeah, it's great exercise. Making new friends, reducing your stress levels, beating the blues, even keeping you young. Just a few of the benefits you get from singing together in a choir. Welcome to Just The Tonic with me, Katie Derham, the podcast that explores how getting involved in the arts does so much to make our lives better. And in this special edition for World Singing Day on October the 15th, we are celebrating the power of song. So what is World Singing Day, I hear you ask? Well, it's a global sing-along held every year with the aim of bringing people together in communities all around the world through the simple act of singing together. Now, if your singing experience amounts to basically singing in the shower, well, that's OK. It's not a competition. You can sing at home with your family and friends or you can join in a World Singing Day event in your area. And if you would like to get involved, you'll find all the information on the World Singing Day website at worldsingingday.org. There are countless studies that tell us singing helps you feel better. Learning lyrics can help improve your memory, boost your confidence, and as opera singer extraordinaire Nicky Spence told me, it made him feel special when he was having a hard time at school. Singing was a bit of a superpower for me when I was, you know, a ginger, fat, possibly homosexual, at the age of eight, thinking, how am I going to make this work? How can I keep the bullies away? So I saw that I could sing, and that was like a superhero cape for me, in a way, and kept people away. So I thought at that point that was my USP because it got people off my back. I could just kind of sing at them. So it did work, did it? Did it actually successfully become your superpower? It did, absolutely. With the bullies, it was kind of that and a kind of propelling cagoule in the school ground, you know, with the toggles, which can be quite violent. So that was my saving grace. (laughs) So singing for you was um, a joy, but also um, an escape and a weapon in a way. I don't wish to sort of use military language with a glorious art form, but, you know, it was something that you used to protect yourself. But let's talk about Anyone Can Sing. That was the Sky Arts programme in which you took some great characters who thought they couldn't sing, but you magically transformed them. Um, Is that something you've now been sharing with these lovely amateur singers that you've been helping? That sort of access to the superpower, if you like. Absolutely. I mean, with all of them, they were all such glorious, charismatic creatures in their everyday life, even if they were plumbers and we had the dean of King's College. But they all had some kind of trauma and something that they had to try and unpack with this feeling that when they sang, actually, it was something very, very deep seated. And often their oral perception of their own voices switched off. They went into this trauma. So as always, I mean, I do lots of kind of mentoring and teaching of young folk. 
And it's generally trying to peel back these layers of why are you not releasing? Because singing opera is basically about release. That's how you make a big sound. But it's difficult to know your body and to know yourself mentally well enough to be able to deliver that and be vulnerable enough because it's so vulnerable. As you know, it's your it's your soul on a dinner plate. So how did you help them work through that through the power of song? How does it how how do you sort of get through those layers of trauma? Well, it's looking, first of all, at why they want to sing. What is it they want to achieve? And with our lovely Dean of King's College, she felt as if her clergy box was missing a tool because she always wanted to encourage people to sing, to be closer to God. And she felt as if you, she was praying thrice fold if she could sing as well, but she couldn't do that. She thought she was absolutely marooned from the island of melody. She was tone deaf. And actually, I had to try and distract her while she was singing. I used to throw household objects at her, as you probably saw in the series, just to try and distract her so she could sing in tune because she was switching off as soon as she made a sound because she was told that she was a crow when she was at primary school, which is just horrendous. This is sort of vaguely reminiscent of um, the King's Speech, isn't it? You know, the Colin Firth film where his... Uh, voice coach again would be sort of saying just think about music think think about anything in order to try and distract him from his stammer it is a fascinating thing isn't it that we all have this ability and yet something can block it in that way Mm. well I think we block ourselves all the time with all kinds of things I've worked with professional singers and had them wield things around their heads just to try and distract them and myself I have got myself in a right pickle with difficult opera roles, just thinking, well, there's absolutely no chance that I'm going to be able to do this. And most of it is psychological planning, you know, like an athlete, dare I say it with my physique. But it's it's true. It's all about planning and about psychology in the end. That's what makes it a hard business. Uh, how do you do it then? What's, what's, what's the trick? Because, listen, if any of us listening to this could access even a, a fraction of your voice for ourselves, it would be truly amazing. So how do you kind of get yourself into the headset where you think, no, I'm, I'm not going to be beaten by that role or that note? Well, for me, I mean, I never really think of my voice as being particularly good, but I think I'm a good storyteller. And I've got, I have got some pipes in there, which kind of, you know, is like the supporting actor to my, vo- you know, to my need to communicate, if you will. But actually, if it comes to say nerves, I've spoken to lots of therapists about this and often it's about nerves and about your perception of what other people might think. And I'm sure we all go through life dealing with that concept. And I had a breakthrough as soon as I used to look at where these nerves were coming from. And actually often they're from a really good place because we want to do our best and we want people to think good things about us and feel generally joyful. And as soon as you reframe it through that prism and think, actually, they're there for a good reason. They're like almost like bodyguards in the room, kind of winking at you to just say, everything's all right. And as soon as you have that relationship with nerves or with, say, this feeling of judgment, then you can actually tip your cap to them and say, please leave now, because I know you're here for a good reason, but I don't need you just now. I love that idea of your nerves being a bodyguard instead of a threat. So if you feel nervous about even the thought of singing in front of other people, just remember Nikki's wise words. And if you have ever been told you can't sing, here's the People's Orchestra's choral programme director, Ula Weber, to reassure you. 
you know, I come across this time and time again when I'm working with teachers who were tapped on the shoulder when they were at school and they were told, you just mime. And it stays with them for the rest of their lives. And it's such a negative experience. So I would say to those people, it is absolutely not true. For a lot of Young people, children and young people, they don't develop their singing voices until they're quite a bit older. So we should be encouraging people of all ages to sing and enjoy singing. So I would say come along to a choir. A choir is the best way for you to improve your singing and and improve that inner ear and work on pitch and work on all those things that a choir can do. And it, it will ultimately develop confidence. So there you have it. Ulla believes that anyone can sing. So if you've been told in the past that singing is not for you, perhaps it is time you gave it a go. We're heading north to Manchester now to hear from the fantastic Halle Ancoats Community Choir. And again. One of the risks of being a man in a choir is that there's probably less men than there are women in a choir. And therefore basses and tenors, it's... sometimes you might feel you're doing a solo part but I think it's important that we can try and build that up and that you can break some of the myths down you know what is the barriers for men coming to sing I mean I must admit I was nervous I didn't want to sort of show myself up I was afraid it might have been too technical I'm not a musician I didn't think I had a very good singing voice I probably haven't got a very good singing voice but enjoying singing and enjoying singing with others, I think is something we could actually promote. I think we've got a barrier to overcome, persuading men. I think they've managed to do it in Wales so I'm, with the male voice choirs, so I'm pretty sure we could try and do that in Manchester. men of the Halley Ancoats Community Choir in great voice there and it would be fantastic to hear more bass and tenors in community choirs all over the country because as we've heard it's not only great fun but there are such great health benefits too. Absolutely the choir makes a huge impact on your mental health. I think that is one of the the main things that people gain from it. There is something, I'm sure it releases endorphins or something singing in a group, but it does just help you relax, focus on something else. Um, Even just the act of focusing on your breathing and just standing still and thinking about something else for a, a short period of time makes such a huge difference. And I always feel like I come out of it in much better mood and just feeling a lot more resilient afterwards. It really does make a big impact on your mental health. To be part of something bigger than yourself. To be a small cog in a very big wheel can be life-changing. It's good for things like your memory, having to memorise all these songs, just kind of keeps you... I suppose it's a cliche again, isn't it? It keeps you young, but I think it does. It's a lovely fact that when people sing together, little by little, their heartbeats beat the same. And the idea of a shared heartbeat is a wonderful image, isn't it? That you can get not only your sense of rhythm and your sense of pitch coordinated, but the pulse of your body as well. And people can lose themselves in this and they can find excitement in it in a way that they've experienced in no other part of their life. Big thanks to Sir Mark Elder, the Halle Orchestra's music director. I love that idea of a shared heartbeat. And to the members of the Halle Ancoats Community Choir... And now from one group of fabulous singers to another, the national treasure that is soprano Leslie Garrett. What a woman. Here she is talking about how singing can have a positive effect on people with Alzheimer's. I heard about um, a wonderful 
project they were doing in Plymouth University, I think. I think it was a PhD student a few years ago now. He was working with early onset uh, Alzheimer's sufferers and he set a list of tasks to music, to some music that the the Alzheimer patient would would know. So just things like, you know, I get up and brush my teeth and then I walk the dog, something like that, you know. And when he set this these tasks to music, they didn't forget one. They got up and did all of those tasks. That is an excellent tip. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't, you know, there's, you don't need to convince me of the of the power of music to improve society, to heal um, at its most basic, but to hold us together, hold us together mentally and physically. Uh, it, it, if you take an inner breath to sing, not for nothing is it called inspiration. That that's always struck me that you you to, to, to you inspire a breath <laughs> and then what you can make with that breath is also inspirational a breath to sing is not like a breath to do anything else it's not like a breath to talk or to whistle or to shout it's a breath that's going to turn into sound and that sound has the power to heal now that is the most profound thing any any of us can do and we can all do it we can all do this you can stand tall it may i'm gonna have to do it while i'm talking to you because i just have to do it you can you can stand to, to sing properly and this has nothing to do with doing it professionally you have to stand tall you have to stand square you have to find the strength in your body you have to make your body Take in this magical breath that is going, or you have to allow your body, I should say, to take in this, in, to inspire this magical air that's going to create sound, that's going to liberate you as a human being. So, you're going to fill a room with sound, you know, even if it's your bathroom, you're going to make the air move in that room. It's going to connect you with your inner authority. It's going to make you strong. You know, it's going to do you good. And anybody can do it. That's what makes me excited. You know, even if the sound you make is horrendous, it's yours. It's your sound. You can do what you like with it. You know, and I, I just think, the power of that is is just maybe this is what I should do in my retirement. This is this is Leslie, this is this is your mission now that you are officially, as you say, a national treasure and you've been in a bus with Cliff Richard. I mean everybody's got to listen to you and everybody's now got to sing. <laughs> but it is it it just is it's so powerful, Katie. You know it is you sing. Yeah. You know, it just makes you feel so good. It's it's just like for me it's like brushing my teeth. You know, I just have to brush my teeth and have a belt. <laughs> and, uh, and it just connects me up. It's just the whole of, of the whole of me is connected. Then mind, body, soul, spirit, uh, and then I'm able to to just be outward. Then you yes. know, it just makes me be able to to be to see outwards because I've yeah. sent something out into the stratosphere. I've sent a sound out that I care about. Thank you to Leslie Garrett, to Nikki Spence, to Mark Elder and the Halle Ancoats Community Choir and, of course, to Ulla Weber and the People's Orchestra's Hales Owen Community Choir as well. Well, I hope we've inspired you to take part in World Singing Day. 
For more information on how to join in, head to worldsingingday.org or join a choir. And if you really don't fancy singing, why not support your local choir next time they perform? For information on choirs and singing groups in your area, do get in touch with Arts Council England, the Arts Council of Wales, the Arts Council of Northern Ireland or Creative Scotland. Just the Tonic with Katie Derham was produced by Jill Davis. It's a Peanut and Crumb production supported by the People's Orchestra and by Arts Council England. See